each team will just pick the kid who can throw the ball the hardest. Yeah. Like that's who your pitcher is yep. <laughs> because that's what a pitcher does. Mm-hmm. And the accuracy is not there. And so third grade baseball is basically – it's just like a – It's you like a – hit my baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 245 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I am not the games programmer. I'm Sam, and I'm cold. This is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is February 7th. Ooh, February. 20 blandy. Go get a beer. Get a booze. Mm -hmm. Before we get started, we have a warning. We're talking about booze. In the past, and we're going to swear in the future. Yeah. So but that's not a warning. That's a celebration. Exactly. So it's a warning about how great all of this aggressive drug promotion. Yeah. Here's the thing. You have to be in the United States 21 to drink booze, but there is no age limit on profanity. That's true. You can't go to jail. For swearing. If you're a baby and you swear, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's Who's going to put you in jail? <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to put you in jail for that. What's the age threshold where a, a child – swearing goes from being hilarious to being upsetting to people. There's a moment, right? There's like a I think it's it's somewhere it, around once like, maybe once it, they I think know. it depends on the adult. Well, and the true. kind of swearing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, that's it's true. all about the intent. I guess it's all about the intent. I guess it's hilarious when the when they're young enough that they clearly have no intent. They're yeah. just saying stuff mm-hmm. and realizing that people are laughing about it. It's also hilarious when they're very young and swear as a regular adult human would. Yeah. Like stub their toe. They're like, hell. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> And they're like two. That's great. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, we'd also like to thank our supporters <laughs> over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. We got a donation from Specchio. Again. Who said, thanks for putting up with me. I mm. feel like <laughs> at this point, it just feels like blood money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you keep you keep paying us. We'll keep, we'll uh, keep taking putting it. up with you. Yep. That's how it works. <laughs> yep. Uh, we also got two anonymous donations. So thank you very much. It's very uh, anonymous. Bold. Yeah. You know, it's just, they're just like, I don't want to be involved. I don't need nothing. <laughs> I want to make sure this keeps going, but I want to, I don't want my name on it. No people, no people to know. That's fair. <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> no people to know that I partook in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have recurring supporters. So thank you very much uh, to you folks as well. All right. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about Sam's back. I threw it out. Remember? Remember that? Remember that. I do, yeah. You pulled on a twig. Pulled on a twig and then it and exploded. Then the twig pulled on your back. It did. And then I went to PT after convalescing. Which we have playing discussed. Game is magic. It is magic. So PT stands for, of course, PT Cruiser, the yeah. famous yep. beautiful vehicle from mm-hmm. Chrysler. And PT Barnum, the famous uh, person who okay. did circus stuff. Circus boy. Was, Was that PT Barnum? I don't know anymore, actually. It's not <laughs> I don't it know what right. you're talking about. Or also, there's PT, that super creepy video game demo thing. That's true. Game. And there's E.T., who's a cute little alien. That's yep. true. And then, of course, physical therapy, which is probably what you were getting I'm at. trying to get to. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so all it is is, of course, you just go and they're like, here's some here's some motions. Just do That's emotions. It. Here's these. And they're like, I'm going to give you. This is how they phrase it. I'm going to give you three motions uh-huh. to do. Do them every day for like five minutes. Check back in next week. See how you're doing. And and rationally, whenever they do this, I'm like, this can't possibly be enough. Yeah, it's like why? It's like why? Are, they might as well just tell you to rub some essential oils. Exactly. I'm like, how? How can this possibly yeah, work? This, it doesn't feel like it should be working appropriately, but it does. So my back literally doesn't hurt today. This is after uh, last week. I went to PT and I was and I asked her. I was like, can I go to the gym today and lift? And she was like, 
yes, but lightly. And I was like, can I use my back? And she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to do a deadlift. And she was like, I mean, probably not the best idea, you uh-huh. know, given That's that correct. literally your back hurts. Yep. So dope. So I went and did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Which so, was a mistake. There's so, a, well, there's a, there's a thing in, in medicine that makes it really hard to figure out what's real and what's not. Because your body, of course, is healing itself mm-hmm. just generally over time. And so it's possible that your back would already just feel good now. I don't think so. Own. Because the thing is the, the, the trajectory is actually exactly the same as last year when I hurt my back early in the year. Mm. Except this time, of course, accelerated because I didn't wait two months to go to the freaking doctor to get it checked I out. I see. So essentially what happened was hurt my back, go to PT, um, get mad about the fact that my back hurts and I'm at PT. So I go to the gym because apparently this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from doing the PT exercises plus the gym, then my back actually hurts more for a period of a couple of days. Wow. Actually hurts at the top of the back also just in conjunction with the bottom bonus just because hurt. why not. And I asked her about that. I was like, why does the top of my back hurt now? I got these big knots up here. What's going on? And she was like, well, you know, if you mess up the bottom of it, it causes you to compensate with By, the top yeah, of it. Right. So, yeah, that's what goes. But yeah, so after a couple of days. Cascading just, failures. Yep. So I'm feeling a lot better now, which is good. Yeah. So, you know, uh, don't let your medical problems just sit there because you could probably just not be having a lot of pain. Yeah. Back when I got my shoulder dealt with, I had gone for literally three months, I think, mm-hmm. where just the inside of like, there isn't a ball in your shoulder, I guess. Wait, is there a ball? There's a ball. It's, it's there's a ball. Yeah. yeah. We're just all balls and sockets, I yep. guess. Yeah. So like, it felt like it was in, are you sure there's a ball? That feels, yeah, there it is. seems wrong. Okay. All right. Hips, so, hips What shoulders. else would it be? Swing it around. There's I, a ball know, I just figured there's just like muscles holding it. And no, there's like no, a little, you little got a ball sack in there. there or something. Okay. <laughs> so like, it felt like, it felt like the ball itself, you know, like embedded deep, like right in the middle of where my shoulder meat mm-hmm. lives, you know, uh, it just hurt. It just hurt for like three months. And mm-hmm. I was like, at some point, this is going to go away, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just continued to not go away until finally I didn't want to PT. It was literally like a week and a half later that it was just fine. And all the dude was like, here's three motions. Do, do these the motions. motions. I had to do you a whole must bunch perform of motions, the, motions the motions. Yeah. To get the demons well, out of your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And it was basically because the, <laughs> the gist of it was – there are a few muscles in there that are weak as fuck. Yeah, I remember this. Just, yeah, you, there was this was the weak baby arm, baby yeah. shoulder, and they were in fact so weak that it was very easy to strengthen them. You know, yeah, you just so, had to move them for a just week. Just had to move them a little bit, but it, was, <laughs> but it was kind of a precise movement that you don't normally do. Oh, yeah. Well, and and the uh, the counterintuitive aspect of it is, of course, it hurts. You don't want to move it. Yeah, that's the whole mm-hmm. problem, right? So that's why it stays that way for so long. Yep, you know. Which all of this comes back to, I think, the the core point, which is uh, you should just be as strong as possible and you can never feel pain. No, I no, but you have to be mm-hmm. – yeah, you I have to it. be perfectly distributed in your strength. Well, yes. Because if you're too yeah. strong in one spot, you are guaranteed to need physical therapy in another spot. At some yeah. point. Yeah, that's true. So, And I don't know how you pull that off. I think actually if you get into a giant pool of jello – and then just wiggle your whole body. Mm. That's the you, way. You, or you could just swim. Yeah, it's basically no, swimming. No, 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 no. Because no. swimming has actually very precise movements that are in a specific – so they hit specific muscle groups. Oh, that's right? true. So yeah, it's low impact, but it's not It's not that's a full body exercise. That's only assuming that you use proper technique. <laughs> that's, you could that's get in there and just thrash. Mm-hmm. Just so that's thrash wildly. Okay, so yeah. fine. Swimming pool instead of jello, that's fine. Cool, uh, yes, I'm just saying it's, it's less accessible. Yeah, you know, to get a pool, the pool of jello. Of jello. Yeah, it's harder <laughs> to find. That is fair. All right, now we have some level head news. Lots of it. Well, we have some we have news about news, which we can't here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Something big is coming. Yeah. Something big that's gonna potentially 
We can't guarantee, of course, anything. Yeah. But looking like this big thing is going to boost the shit out of the level head <laughs> launch, um, yeah. even more so than it was already going to be boosted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so our listeners may know we, we announced that X, uh, Xbox Game Pass is going to be having level head, um, or I guess what's going to be in Xbox Game Pass. Right. Uh, <laughs> So that's already a big <laughs> that's already a big deal. Yeah, don't say uh, too much about it, but just yeah. But just now there's know. even more yeah. coming. And we're and that's all excited. we can say. It's gonna be real good. So, uh, so just yeah. keep your earlobes ready mm-hmm. for the news. Yeah, we still don't have our launch date, but we're closing in. We're really closing in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now yeah. what this does mean is that if you're a current level head player, you're on the ground floor, so Start prepping. So start buying your cans of beans and get your bunker ready, <laughs> yeah. because you're you're going to want to be around the top of the marketing department uh, around our launch, and mm-hmm. you're going to want to have some levels that are new player friendly. Yeah, that are you know yeah. you're going we're gonna have a lot of noobs. We're gonna have a lot of babies crawling around in, in your levels, mm-hmm. and you don't want to you got to baby proof them. You yeah. don't want them to poke their eye out on a spike or hit their shin on a table or anything like that. So, yeah. uh, build some nice uh, newbie levels and get them ready. Bank them up. Mm-hmm. And bank up your exposure bucks now too because you can do that. But you, don't, you won't need to bank them all up because now with the new featured category in the because we'll be emphasizing yeah. as part of the new player. Yeah, you'll experience. get some plays anyway. You'll get some plays anyway. Yeah. So uh, just continue making good stuff, but maybe like have have one or two levels just kind of just, just tucked away. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, speaking of the new player experience, last weekend was the Global Game Jam, which we did not do. Mm-hmm. Instead, we did our own weekend jam. We did a new player experience jam uh, for Levelhead. So the three of us sat down. Uh, I think I was on the – on Android – Mm-hmm. Right, and then yep. so I was on the mobile version. Yeah, I was on Switch. On Switch, and I played on Steam. On Steam, so we were all playing on different kinds of devices. We all started uh, started fresh in the campaign, and just started like just boot up the game and just start looking at it. Like, okay, if I if I've never seen this before, what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. Right, and play through the first couple of hours, and we all came back with reams of paper of notes yeah. yep. of. All of the ways in which we have probably scared people off of playing the game and ruined the, the onboarding experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, ranging from things like, you know, the original purpose of the campaign, uh, having the things locked behind achievements and stuff, was to slowly drip feed content into the editor. We don't have that anymore. And now the editor is just like a – It is so baffling. And there's also way more tools now and buttons yep. than there used to be and – more categories. Yeah, we and basically so like, just give you Photoshop, and we're like, "Here, figure it out, yeah. buddy." Yeah. Um, no. And so, and not only that, but uh, but if you if you boot up the game, we don't we don't really push you to log in or really make it that obvious that you should. Um, and so you you kind of jump in, and then like you we point you toward the campaign by kind of like glowing the spaceship, mm-hmm. um, and you get in there, and then we never do anything that that encourages you to come back out of the campaign. We just tell you at some point that's very subdued way. Hey, you've unlocked the workshop. You've unlocked the workshop. And, and then that goes away. And but what is that? Boy, what is that? What's yeah. happening? So what? we have started the process of, uh, I suppose you could say, undoing all that damage of, yeah. of all of these. Um, these kind of doing like, all that undamage. Yeah. Of undamage. It's like being undead. Yeah, right? exactly. It's not being <laughs> fixed. You're just undamaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so the goal is basically to create this very streamlined uh, onboarding process where basically somebody comes into the game and 
instead of making them, instead of uh, sort of overwhelming them with stuff or forcing them to make all these weird decisions they have no context about, it's all about guiding them through the things that we think are important so that they get a, a quick glimpse of how things work in the game and what matters. Um, and that even includes simple stuff like when you boot up the game, if you're not logged in, you just see the login screen first. Yep. So and the you, login you screen could, has level head on it instead of instead just of a rumpus. huge word rumpus. Yeah. So I guess what's that? Yep. What's yeah. happening? Um, yep. And of course you can still play as a guest. Like you can still opt out of logging in, but we want to make sure that like that you just, that's your first thing that you do. We make it really obvious that you should, because that's how you get most of the gameplay experience. Yeah. Um, and then we added the uh, first five presentations to the, mm -hmm. the uh, training, the campaign. So that's where we have like all these goofy jokes about like, what are these, what are the enemies? What are the power-ups? What's the workshop? How does, how does that work? Um, but that's still not going to be enough in the sense that like just, Showing somebody a presentation and being like, you've unlocked the workshop. What is that? Yep. Right. And so, so we're, we're going to be in the near future working on ways to sort of like get people into the workshop, get them to build and publish their first level, um, simple as it may be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then also get them into the marketing department and like very quickly and easy and sort of simply explain like, what is this thing? How does this work? And getting them to play other people's levels and all of that stuff. Um, because really, we, we kind of realized that over the course of Early Access, most of what we focused on is, is what's already there. So because we have, we have an existing player base who, who needs new content of the stuff that they're already engaged with. Mm -hmm. So new items to work with in the editor, new tools and stuff. Um, but with this launch coming up, we need to be thinking about with all these new players coming in, we, we need them to – to get it. Like we need them to understand yeah. the, the, uh, the hook. Well, and especially coming in from services like game pass, right? Where, because people in, in Xbox game pass have access to a jillion games. They can just go dabble in and try, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Then if they go dabble in level head and are just like confused out of the gate, they can't figure out what to do. Or even if they're not confused, but they don't hit the major point, right? which is like building stuff in sharing yeah, which which stuff that other people have made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if we don't, if they don't figure out what it's all about and get mm -hmm. the, and get caught up in it, then their their tolerance for sticking around is going to be lower than somebody who actually buys it out. Yeah, right we don't now. want to have a leaky game. Is basically what it is. Yeah, um, and right now I around. think I, I think we we basically have this kind of like a like a U shaped curve of engagement. We're like mm -hmm. we actually have a lot of people who drop out pretty early. Yeah, because it's just there's just too either either we haven't like hooked them in properly or they're just too overwhelmed or whatever. Um, and then we've got people who like they get it. And then they're just there forever, yeah. like yeah. thousand plus hours mm -hmm. worth of of uh, gameplay. What's the? I, I saw the maximum of levels published right now is two hundred and fifty or something. Yeah, CJ five, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. fucking two hundred and fifty <laughs> yeah. levels. Yeah, and and there's always that more ideas. Wild. You know, there's always more uh, cool stuff coming out. Um, and. Yeah, and so so really that's kind of where our focus is at the moment. And it was, it was so we worked on that through the weekend. We got a whole bunch of stuff uh, done, but it's on a it's on a branch, so we got to make sure we get that all tested and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where our global game jam time went. We didn't actually get to pop over and and check out the games because we were all just like kind of burned out from. It. Oh yeah, we were working fanatically <laughs> yeah, all we were, weekend. So, but it's going to be some really good stuff coming. Um, and then we also, as as kind of part of that, we also took a look at the tower and basically said like. What is the what is the tower do, supposed to be doing, and is it meeting that goal? Um, because the comment that we that we get from a lot of current players is they build their level, they put it in the marketing department, mm -hmm. they promote it, 
And then the graduation actually feels like a loss, right? Because your level's out of the marketing department, which is where everybody is. Mm-hmm. And then when the action is. Yeah. And then when you go to the tower, like, yes, you can uh, search for levels using all these different filters and stuff. But the default setting in the tower was to just show you the newest levels, newest created, which is essentially a random list, yeah. right? Like it's it's not – It's not, not quality oriented Yeah, it's not anyway. coherent yeah. in any way. So so we updated the tower. So like A, you can now get exposure bucks in the tower, which is kind of an interesting wrinkle because um, we thought like also people don't go to the tower because you feel like you're losing because you're not getting mm-hmm. your exposure bucks. Really what we want to think about is you have you have different – types of players in terms of like where they're at in their lives, right? So you have people who, for example, you know, as a as a grown adult who's 30, um, if you want to pop into level head and play some good stuff while also making progress toward, uh, you know, the eventual publishing of your own levels, uh, the only way to do that – actually, you couldn't do that previously. You'd just you just go, go to the marketing department, department and be hit with It's not sorted by quality. It's yeah. just sorted by exposure. That's where we're discovering quality. Yes. Yeah. And so what we want to do is make it possible for people who don't necessarily have a lot of time to be able to make – or just anybody generally, but um, people to essentially be able to double up on their playtime in terms of being able to do multiple things with one input. Um, and really it's about player choice, right? Because anytime you do this incentive, one incentive in one area that doesn't quite exist in another area, um, it'll produce a, an effect where people will will optimize for getting the end goal, in this case, having a lot of exposure bucks, even if they're kind of unhappy about it. Which is not good, yeah. right? Um, which will still be the case because you still get exposure bucks at a faster rate. Yes, marketing department well, we for still, now. Yeah, because we, we still that may not be true in the future. We yeah. don't really know. We We're still want to promote. Um, we still want to promote people popping into the marketing department as sort of the it's a higher higher risk, higher reward sort of a situation. Yeah, I think I'm mean, going to think it ought to stay that way because it, it it makes sense to incentivize that because that's that's where that's where the exposure of, bucks matter. That's where exposure bucks matter. That's yeah, where our yeah. discovery of what's good and what isn't, that's where your ability to sort of get other people to play your levels. Because, like, your level can't appear in other lists. Because we have this new featured list, which is really is actually working spectacularly. So if you haven't played in a while, you should boot it up and go try these Just pop out. into the tower and just go to the library because that front page is great. It's really good, yeah. And, but those are levels that graduated because that's the only way to get them in there in the first place, right? Uh, and that have a high spiciness index, right? Mm-hmm. Which is our behind-the-scenes metric of engagement. It basically means when people play that level, they tend to... They tend to enjoy it. Yeah. They tend to hang out but for a while. Level couldn't have gotten in that list if people didn't play it in the marketing department right. first, right? And so we still needed that extra incentive for people to go hang out in the marketing department and 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 basically decide what levels are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I think I mean looking at it already, um, it's it's turned out to be very interesting. I think it's I think it's working and doing exactly what we want it to do. Um, the, the changes we'll have to make going forward though is, is we're going to update the tower to make that featured list a lot like easier to get to and stuff like that. Um, so we'll, we'll, and that's all part of the new player experience as well. Mm -hmm. Like we want to make sure that if a new person comes in and we're like marketing department, that's where the new stuff is tower. That's where the good stuff is, right? right? Like we don't know if the new stuff is good, but it is new. (laughs) You can see this actually from part of, because we heard this from multiple people, some in steam reviews, but also people who just like. We're shot to, and even even people on some of our platforms, where like we would send the game over for them to like try out yeah. and test, and they would come back and be like, "Oh, like everything feels really good and really polished. I'm enjoying the campaign. But the player levels are but the player hard. levels are really hard, or whatever. And and it's and of course because they are the top of the marketing yeah. department is is filled with hard levels, but that's because that new player experience doesn't push people into the tower. And even if it did until now, yeah. uh, you'd probably be getting hit by hard levels. You're still getting hit by stuff. hard levels <laughs> because we're showing you new stuff, not not. Uh, and and so now now by default for the new player experience, like for players who've only been in there for up to a few hours, we're gonna 
take you to the tower first and then show you so the show easier you featured levels, levels and yeah. then filter those specifically by like adventure level or something like that so that you're actually seeing levels that are probably good and probably your speed probably your speed yeah. right so that you're prepared for it so that onboarding should be a much much better experience yeah so the goal yeah so the final goal is by the time launch comes around it will just it'll be slick as a seal you'll yeah, just yeah. you'll get in the game and you'll just know exactly what's happening you'll be logged in you'll be participating in the community very quickly yep. um and everything which is another thing to consider too for those trying to get into the ground floor that since we're going to be only showing players adventure levels in the tower build some two star levels mm-hmm. build some two star levels or yeah. two diamond two, two diamond diamonds. levels two di- two diamonds which of course is hard to do on purpose but it is so you're going to have to make a whole bunch of levels to try to I make think that, that means yeah your clear rate needs to be better or it needs to be a uh, Higher than like 25% or something like that. Yeah. It's like one in four attempts leads yeah. in a win or something, um, which in a lot of cases just means like the level is going to be fairly sh- – it's going to be a little bit shorter yeah. and it's not going to involve some kind of incredibly complicated thing that the player would not be able to figure out yeah. and then quit, right? Yeah. Because it also doesn't mean it's an easy level. It just means that the things that are hard don't cause you to die. That's also yeah. true. <laughs> or quit. Or quit. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So that's all happening. We also uh, we also have some new GR18 animations oh, yeah. coming in. So first, yep. we already got one in, which is the new uh, animation frame for when you're falling while sprinting, which has always been needed. But I think now that it's in, it's really obvious just how much it was needed. Yeah, it's actually – it's been – it's something that I had on my list, I, th- I think, for six months. Uh, one of the first times I watched, I think, Retrofile stream because uh, any speedrunner is able to they're basically sprinting maintain, the whole time. Yeah, they're maintaining sprint constantly, and the the two uh, sprint frames being in the air and on the ground, um, they were are, very similar. Yeah, they're too similar. Or when yeah. you're falling, sorry, yeah. flying up and, and and falling down. Um, so similar, in fact, that it just looked like GR team was actually static for most of the time that a speedrunner was playing. Yeah, which is because uh, they're also very, leaping basically constantly. Yeah, they're just sort of flying. Well, it was funny because actually I felt this too. Just just last week, I was watching mm-hmm. one of our community members speedrun something because um, they posted a video of it, and and I was simultaneously impressed and bored for exactly this reason. Yeah, because <laughs> the like, character's just because the character was flying. The character is basically like a sort of like. In a weird like, statue pose, just blazing through yeah. the level, but without moving <laughs> at just all. Just in the air, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a, good, this is a really yeah. good addition. So, we got that. Yep. And, and then there's also more of those frames coming, actually. So, we yeah. added uh, a bit of a wobble to them. So, there's going to be a little more movement. As if your hands fun. are kind of like flapping in the breeze. Yeah, that one I'm very excited about. going so fast. Yeah. And then there's a uh, there's a punch down maneuver. So, we noticed that the kick kicking packages down, kicking anything down, uh, wasn't quite feeling like a good solid um, – animation frame essentially so i just took a, another crack at it it looks really cool so now it's like a dope downward punch slam mm-hmm. to, to throw things downward and then we also updated uh and added a little a little extra pizzazz for sprinting yet again which is when you normally jump around we have this little random flip flip little that flip happens like cannonball so that, flip. yeah so that every so often jumping is just a little more interesting mm-hmm. um and this is exactly the sort of polish point that makes – it just makes games more fun to engage with when there's yeah. nothing happening, which is an important one. So just jumping around should be fun. Yeah. So yeah. if you have a game that involves control, it should be – it should be just fun to control the character in an empty room is sort of the rule. And so uh, in Levelhead, what we've been missing, especially with a combination of the sprint falling frame, uh, is also a little bit of a modification to the sprint frame such that it's more fun to have happen occasionally. And so basically what we did is we took Jerry Team, put him in a uh, – I put it in a uh, cartwheeling pose, basically. Mm-hmm. Facing so the camera. Turns the face of the camera, basically just looking so happy um, in this cartwheel pose. And then we 
fling him. So he's just sort of flipping. So just, every now and then, <laughs> while sprinting, your jumps. Just randomly. Uh, yep. Yeah. Just, every now and then, while sprinting, your jumps will have guaranteed to do a dopey cartwheel. Yep. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> we, so we, we prototyped it last week. And as soon as I got hooked in, I was just laughing. Like, yep. I was just, I'm just jumping. It reminds me of actually the first time I played Rocket League. And I was just laughing the whole time because mm-hmm. it was just like done fun, fun to yep. just like use this rocket powered car. Uh, it kind of like added that extra layer of sprinting around with GR18 where it's just funny. Yeah. Like, because you can also like you, you, and you're about to do some cool ass jump, but then GR18 just turns it into this dumb <laughs> cart- cartwheel <laughs> move and it's just hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. I think I'm really excited about all those. And the main purpose of those is actually because we're, we're about to do all the capture for the final trailer yeah because there's that important question here which is like given all the stuff we have to do and that we're trying to to get this game launched really soon why spend the time to add and Mm -hmm. it is a lot of time because sam has to go through every single power up also it was actually same frames more than 58 new frames yeah so it's a lot lot. (laughs) yeah so why do this now uh the reason is shareable yeah it's both shareable it uh so it increases to me it increases uh new player experience a ton which is um it just makes the game more enjoyable to play. And given that the character is the thing that is in the center of the screen or, or the thing you're paying attention to literally all the time, um, a little more dynamism goes a long way in terms of impacting the player experience. And on top of that, yeah, we're about to we're, – we're approaching the capture stage for the uh, trailer. The final trailer. So what that means is that is that whatever's going to be in the game that might make it look real cool needs to freaking be in there when we capture video of it. Because, of course, yep. that's the first blush people are going to get of the thing. And so we need to make sure that it actually – sells itself effectively. And I think the, all of these things actually add to that polish and really make it go in a better way. Yeah. So lots, lots, of, lots of cool stuff happening. Been a little stressful over here. But um, we're gonna help. Yeah. And, and what this does mean that is that actually the way that we're kind of thinking about it is we're, we're essentially co- like done with early access mm-hmm. in the sense that that the the whole orientation of the studio is is no longer toward treating the game as an early access title, but more as treating it as a in a pre-launch phase. Yep. Yeah. So so yes, there's like 30,000 things that we could be doing to directly uh, modify the game as it currently stands, but we're only going to do those things if we think if that they they're going to, to get us closer to that yeah. launch. Well, yeah, it's basically phase. If they get us closer to a successful launch and make it so that players are more likely to stick around once yep. they start. Yeah. And so uh, so like of course we will still be deploying those things to our early access players, um, but that's the that's the way that the priority list is being. Mm-hmm. Although not up. all of them, but that's true. Not all of them. Some of them are still under under uh, construction, but also some of them we're just holding back. And some of them we're just going to sit so on until launch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. So we got lots of cool stuff. Uh, right, let's take. Let's get to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscash.net. First question, highest upvoted, comes from Brandon. What are your thoughts on purchasing domain names that are typos of your actual studio name? Before before we get into that, this is the only just normal human name I think that has ever. It's just Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> that has <laughs> ever come into the podcast. Brandon questions. showed up and he's like, "I'm yeah. gonna make I'm gonna make my brand here." There's like no other normal regular human Brandon. Name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it's. Uh, I think it only matters because because Google exists, right? Yes. So when people fuck up their thing, right? So I guess there are a few reasons that it can matter. One is if you're doing it defensively. So if you got a really important domain and you're worried that somebody else is going to buy a typo of it to do something bad to your user base, because um, this is a this is a good phishing tactic. Um, is you just like 
You're just it's just, just really clever. Right? Misspell stuff, yeah. uh, especially if you have anything that has an M in it. Then it's a good idea to buy the thing that where there's an R and an N instead, because that's a classic phishing technique. Is that people will buy that domain, they can use that send link. emails from it because it looks like it's from that email address, right, uh, or from that from that domain. Well, we so there's some this, like security defensive reasons that you might do it. We get this actually constantly from what appear to be YouTubers, yes, with massive followings, and suddenly we'll get like, and they're always really weirdly formatted. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, this is always the yeah, put some effort in. It's <laughs> no, I mean like they, they put effort into it, but that's the weird part because yeah. no one formats their email to center align it and turn all the text green and change the font. Yeah, literally, no one no, does this. Right, that's the wrong kind of. That's effort. like you're tr- <laughs> clearly trying to write, and so yeah, we get these emails literally every week where it's yeah. someone like, oh, I'm. I'd love to play your games. I'm a big YouTuber. Here's my channel. And then you go, you can just go to the channel and then click the button to see their email address. And it's just wrong. It's just different. But yeah, it's always different. off by one. Yeah. They'll like, they're like two letters. Yes, yeah, the or RNN thing, or whatever. And so it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah, so I think there's, so there's a, a security reason why you might do that. Yeah. Um, now, but I do want to say about those YouTuber emails. I, I mean, on the one hand, I feel like I get how somebody would get excited about that. Like if you're a developer and, some YouTubers like I have 15 million subscribers and I want to play your game, right? Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, like there is no possible way that a YouTuber with with any sizable following is like at a loss for content. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, if only I had games to play. They I'm going to start emailing to developers. I'm going to start emailing unknown developers. Yeah. Yes, that is not happening. It's generally suspicious as fuck because basically yeah. what it comes yeah. down to. Because no it's too doesn't. good to be true. It's because it yeah. is. Yep. But yeah. back to it. Domains. Uh, yeah, so security. That's one. Uh, the other one is if you know that people are going to misspell it and they're ty- and they're literally typing in their domain into their their address bar. www. Dot, yeah, if they're doing yeah, that whole butterscotch-shenanigans.com, yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. So, which, yeah, for example. Um, so actually, we do own without the dash. is mm-hmm. the one that we own. Um, and then, of course, we've moved away from that completely and just use bscotch.net. Because that name is so long that it is just likely, even if you know how to spell it, that you're going to make a typo. But it's also impossible to buy defensive domain names because we would have to Correct. buy all of them. Like a fucking million. <laughs> when are we going to rebrand just as, as bscotch? bscotch? I've been thinking about this. Me too. Yeah, I think we just might need bscotch. to do No, I don't want to do that. Okay. Okay. Zero so Sam doesn't want to uh, do that. I like using it as short <laughs> name. It's good. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Rebrand. So there so, – but the reality is, like, I'm not actually sure these days how many people are manually typing in into the address bar of a browser. If you're using Chrome, you don't. You know what I mean? Because yeah, actually when you type you in what appears to be the address, it actually does a Google bar. search anyway. Yeah. And, and this Chrome is true. knows what you need. Yeah. And this is true for Firefox. Yeah, Firefox just has one yeah. bar. Like, I mean, so everywhere you go now, the machine that's doing the work tries to guess what you're trying to do yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think you don't need to worry about it much anymore. Yeah, so I think back when we had it's fine, but I think I think for a security like a security defensive standpoint, that's the one where I I think that's a something that you should consider and worry about. But if you're worried about people just being able to find your your website, um, then having other variations of the spelling, I don't think is going to help you that nah. much. Actually, focus on your SEO, honestly. Yeah, because like that's actually people actually find it by typing it into the search engine and then clicking on the link. Yeah. So now there is one thing that we. We've always advised people against, but sometimes people do this anyway, mm. is is to name your uh, game studio or band or whatever it is uh, after a set of common words or common phrase that is intentionally misspelled. Yeah, because there's no way to get yes. somebody to the right place. For right, that. because Google will autocorrect it and then – and then direct people to the correct spelling and give them a bunch of random results. Unless and then, you have really good SEO right. already, which you, by definition, can't have at the beginning. Because Google won't show your website to anybody. Yeah. So uh, misspelling, intentional misspellings are 
Not a great move. They're a really bad idea. Yeah. So unless no. it's unless you've got uh well, yeah. If it's in a if it's a misspelling that turns into like a very specific kind of a like t- tumbler, how they did it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But that only works because people already know that it's without an E, right? Or because they search for Tumblr spelled correctly. And because the SEO is so good these days, then like yeah. that's what's gonna yeah. come up. Right? But just know that you're even if you are Tumblr, whoever, whatever it is you do, you're going to have an uphill battle. Yeah. With and the, the main reason engine. that people do this is so they can trademark these words. Yeah. Because you can't just trademark the word Flickr as a real word or Tumblr as a real word. We take out the E. Take out an E and now it's a fake word and now you can go trademark it, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's the main reason that they do it. But the consequence – there have been – I mean it's, it is just a joke now too. Because right? yeah. you even see this in, in TV shows, right? Uh-huh. About startups where they're just like – they're just like, you know, how many, how many vowels and how, how many vowels does it have and how many R's are in there, right? Because like, <laughs> that's how we determine our actually, investment dollars. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, it's got to end in Lee or Er. Yeah, I need to be really careful because I, I, since I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and there are so many sort of like startup-like companies that do ads through podcasts, then there, there have been many that I heard the ad for and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to spell this. Like I couldn't, I couldn't go find this mm-hmm. if I wanted to because I don't actually know what the hell – that word is supposed to be, yeah. right? Uh, so you want to avoid that. Now, speaking of podcast advertisements, I have a question. Have you guys used this Quip toothbrush that gets advertised <laughs> on not. every podcast? I have I'm not. But I already have an It's electric a tiny toothbrush. electric toothbrush. Apparently, the thing with it is that it like – uh it tells you whether you've brushed that side of your mouth long enough and then you like change sides. And every time I hear that commercial, I'm like, what problem is this solving? <laughs> this is also true already because like the one that I have, which is a Philips, I think, yeah, um, does the same thing where it's just – it has a mode where just after a minute, it just vibrates. It just, it just goes – and you're like, oh, OK. That's time to switch. Yeah. If, if, if you're the person who's like – Yes, somebody, some rando, twenty years ago said you should brush your teeth for exactly one well, minute. This is my question: Is like, who did, is? Are people actually listening to the robot in this case? Like, I mean, people, I don't. Yeah, because yeah, when like when I brush, I just my, brush teeth, my teeth until it feels done. When know? I brush yeah. my teeth, I have like a holistic approach. Like, I'm not, I'm not like I'm going to pick this tooth, work on that one for ten seconds. Next tooth, ten seconds. It's like I'm just you I'm just, just get in there. I'm just getting. I'm just whipping that brush around yeah. all <laughs> over the place yeah. for for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Until I'm like, yeah, okay, it feels minty, feels smooth, yeah. feels good. Boom, no yeah, problem. You can tell if your mouth is clean after you brush your teeth. Yeah, and I've got uh, I've got rock solid dental health. Yeah, so same. I think I don't even floss. And like, except and every time I go, they're like, they don't even know that I don't floss, except for the whole bleeding gums yeah. thing. Because now I, I can't. Hide. <laughs> now I have except for where they definitely know. No, no, as in, <laughs> as in like the, my between the teeth stuff. Mm-hmm. That's is, unrelated to brushing. Is as if I floss. Ah, but your gum health is not. My gum health is not. That's correct. Now, I have fractured a tooth. That's unrelated to my brushing technique. That's just a whole other thing. That was it. That was what a a peanut or something weird? I have no idea. Mm, Okay. Um, I I mean, I I, uh, loosened a tooth while eating – well, eating uh, peanut M and M's a few years ago because there was something like really hard. You in loosened there. a tooth. Yeah, because I, I, I don't like the sound. Because I have a I have a bar at the, uh. glued to the bottom of my teeth, like, or <laughs> oh, to yeah. my to my bottom teeth where I used to have a retainer, right? And now they just have this permanent bar. Where every time I go to the dentist, I'm like, "Can you fucking remove this?" Oh yeah, I hate that. And they're like, I've "Nope, this too. has to be on there until you die," which seems just part of you. Now. It just seems unlikely that that's really true. And then because they also told me I had to wear a retainer my entire life, and I haven't done that since I was 18. Mm-hmm. I haven't worn mine my, either. Spoiler. Yeah, my teeth have barely drifted. Have at they all. been retained? 
they have been retained, yeah, at least so. retained enough. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you don't. But I saw this bar there, right? So it's so the bar is glued to. Are you a bar on the top? No, the bottom. Oh, okay. but so the bar is glued, oh, it's glued to like two because there's like, so it's like there's four teeth right in the front. It's glued and the bottom, to your right? bottom canine. It's glued to the two outer ones of those four. Yeah, whichever. So the ones in the middle aren't glued to anything; they're mm-hmm. just like hanging out there, right? So I was, I was like biting down on one of these things, and it somehow got. It was like, oh no! It got like, like, like in between, levered. sort of like it levered, uh, and then just like popped like one of the one of my teeth basically uh, just, just loose. No, and uh, I hate this. And then I so I called the dentist, and I was like, I probably got to get this taken care of, you know. And they were like, actually, if, if like if it's not falling out. Will it just re? It'll just re-adhere if you just leave. That's if you good just leave news. It alone. Yeah. Yeah. You so, can, so you can dislocate a tooth. Basically, you can dislocate a tooth. Right. Wow. Did that wow. on M&Ms, which I'm pretty sure there was a rock in that M M&M. and M. The worst thing I think is when you bite a chip or like a Chex Mix, and it stabs you in the fucking mouth straight up, and it just stabs your tongue. In. <laughs> You're like, ah! Yeah. It's like it's like the Lego version of food. It is. <laughs> oh my god! It's <laughs> terrible. The Chex. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Leaky Likaya, who says. Is there any update to Sam's Airtable garage organization system? Is it something you're still using or have since abandoned? Abandoned. That but it was right. fun to do. I think, I think you know, we <laughs> any, talked about any things. Any high structure organization is going to be abandoned. Will yeah. immediately dissolve. Yeah. But it's the experience of building the structure that teaches you things. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you're because you did organize the shit out of you your. You did. Turned it into a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. And now yeah. it's organized. And over time, it will descend into madness mm-hmm. uh, and become but, completely unusable. But at one time, it was organized. But at yeah. one time, it was organized. I mean, this, is, this is like whenever I start journaling, I'm like, yeah, it's time to get my shit back on track. And then mm-hmm. every morning, I'm journaling. And within six days, it's done now. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> but it worked. You're back on track now. But I'm back on track. You know, it got me to, to kind of like mm-hmm. recenter myself and think about the shit that matters. And, and then now you can go fly back off track. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, Life is, a, is just an endless roller coaster of sort of – it's like a sine wave of feeling good and being productive, you know? <laughs> Where most of the time the wheels are not on the track. Yeah. And you're just off somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Gabe. What was something you wish your parents had worked on with you guys as kids? Mm. For example, growing up, my family never talked about emotions. So it has never been easy for me to do. Mm. See. Something you wish that your parents, Sam, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, my worked, parents <laughs> worked with you on when you were younger that you that didn't happen. Honestly, I don't think there's. Yeah, like we a, know that they listen to this podcast. We got to be real fucking careful. Be careful. Yeah, um, but, but the part of the question here that that somebody processing this thought has to consider mm-hmm. is what your parents also could have. Yeah, like, that's what I'm trying to think through. So, because I think I think all the things that they knew were important. They did a pretty good they job. They did a of, good job of covering, honestly. And even like, stealing. I mean, they tried to teach us things that I refused to learn. Gardening. They tried. Piano. All sorts of, <laughs> frankly, just any other yeah, activity. At a certain point, you're seven. You don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so mainly, I think it's, it's less seven, on, You're in charge of your own life. Yeah. yeah. You're an adult now. I think our, our parents did a really good job of, of routinely giving us opportunities to do some of this stuff. Um, and I think the things that they, yeah, that, I don't know if there's anything in particular that they could have done that they didn't. Dude. Yeah, there's stuff. I, there's stuff that I to reframe this. There's stuff that I wish that I had been able to learn as a kid. Yes, right. Definitely. Um, but that is not something that our parents could have done because there's also things that they didn't know. Correct. And so, how the fuck are they going to do that? Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, I do think that it comes down to like they did everything that they could have done, but then it comes down to the kid to also give a shit and do it. Yes. So, like for example, 
Uh, I was enrolled in soccer, I remember, for one. Oh, I didn't know that. One short month, one blink of history. A month? <laughs> Maybe a month, probably. <laughs> and uh, I, I always had these weird beeves about most sports, which is probably why I ended up in swimming, because nothing hard and fast is flying at you during swimming, mm-hmm, right? That's nice, yeah. When I was playing soccer, uh, I was – I was always like, like the ball be rolling across the field. Like you ever watch little kids soccer? Like, oh yeah, it's hilarious. It's basically a clump of of idiots, a clump <laughs> of tiny idiots, all wildly swinging their legs, missing a ball, and kicking each other yep. in the shins. Right. That's what the shin guards are for. Right? Yeah. yeah. And and spoiler alert, still hurts like shit, even with the <laughs> shin guards on there. And so I first like on my first day, I see like this is how you're playing soccer. The ball's rolling. All these kids are running at it. And I'm like, let me get in there. And I run in there, and of course, of course, immediately I get my shin, like shin to shin slam on some other kid. Shin to shin combat. Yeah. And yep. I'm like, oh, this is garbage. Yeah. This is a terrible experience. And I, I hate, hate everything it. about it. So I spent the rest of my soccer career just staying away from the ball because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be kicked in the shin. <laughs> it's a weird thing that I have. Um, and so I just didn't participate in that. And the same thing with baseball. I got hit in the fucking hand. Ow. On the yeah. bat, right? Like I'm holding the oh, bat no. and then I get hit. Cause this is when in, I was in third grade is when they, when they started bringing in other kids as pitchers. And of course, like these kids, they just want to show off how fast they can throw. <laughs> and so they're not, they're not trying to throw it into the strike zone. They're just like, just winging that thing as yeah. fast as they can. And of course, each team will just pick the kid who can throw the ball the hardest yeah. like that's who your pitcher is <laughs> because that's what a pitcher does mm-hmm. and the accuracy is not there and so third grade baseball is basically it's just like a it's like a hit my baseball yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the if yeah, you you're dodge a wrench around doing nothing or you're getting hit yep, by yeah because nobody's hitting the ball so you're in the outfield and you're just fucking standing there while, the, while, the, while this one kid is mm-hmm. just pummeling <laughs> pummeling kids coming up to the plate they're just they're just ducking and dodging uh-huh. and then after after after, after four successfully they walk. dodging four balls <laughs> they get to go to a base yep. and so you're the team who can dodge the most wild pitches That's true we should actually reduce this game down to just those elements yeah it gets rid of the bat someone <laughs> trying to hit you with a ball yep. that is hard and thrown very fast and if you dodge it four times you get you, to go to base you get to go to, yeah get the bat out of there yeah get rid of the fielders too yeah yeah mm-hmm. you just it's you just it's just one-on-one one baseball a major league pitcher you just gotta Ball's dodge going 97 miles an hour 100 yeah. miles an hour that's oh how they would have God. to. They would have to probably shorten the distance a little bit, though, to make to kind of even the odds. Because if you're, if you're, I don't think no, a hundred mile an hour ball goes from the pitcher's for the pitcher's mound to the batter in Especially like less than reaction time. Yeah. That's why it's. And they also sport. add some stuff to it. They add some flavor to yeah, it, so that you don't even know where it's going to end up. You might sure. start moving, and then you're like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> and now it's you too can't late. Turn. Yeah. So anyway, all that is to say, my experiences with sports growing up. It was confusing, and I didn't understand why these things were happening or who would participate in this. And so no amount of energy that mm. our parents put into trying trying to get me to be pumped about the prospect of dodging wild pitches from a deranged uh, nine-year-old mm-hmm. uh, was something that I should be interested in or excited about. Yeah, so, I also never cared anything for that. Yeah, so like, you know, that's fine. But But the thing is, now I know that. I know that thing about myself. That you don't like getting hit. I by don't like those things uh, because our parents pushed us to do those things, and I think that was the right thing to do. Like for them to like try this thing, 
Because yeah. some people clearly like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the person throwing the ball usually is having he's a great, great time. time. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we, have, we have sports where the whole thing is you just punch each other. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, until someone just can't. <laughs> until is, someone can't. That is so stupid. <laughs> what if, if we have sports it? where we just throw balls at each other? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it dodgeball, man? What are you talking about? But not. But it's not like. What, it should be one-on-one. Should be one on one. Ball is ball is ball real is hard. Because <laughs> of course, because of course, in <laughs> why is the ball be hard? Because it just like in when you're punching each other, you're trying to kill each other. Mm. It's like MMA only just with a ball. It's, so, it's yeah. dodgeball, except it's it's mixed with boxing. So it's dodgeball until someone cannot move anymore. Yeah, yeah. Now, but I, there's only one ball, so actually you throw it at each other. It's like ooh. So you guys, they should call it face ball. Face ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> It's true. Faceball. Yeah. The, the National Faceball League. Mm-hmm. Their, yeah, their mascot would be a person with no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. I mean, you could have mouth guards. You have mouth yeah, guards. It's not going to be sufficient. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, because, that's, yeah, but every – like so many sports have this. Like that hockey puck is a fucking brick, oh, man. Like it's, it's a – But the thing is that the, the, the thing itself has to be hard so that when you hit it, most of the energy is transferred, right? Yeah. And so that's basically the, that's, that's the problem because if it was a soft puck, I mean, it's like playing badminton, right? Like badminton, you just like whack the well, shit out of that birdie. Want, you just want it to keep. That's going. more of an air resistance problem because like yeah. a tennis ball is not too bad. No, I know, but yeah. like the so the the birdie is so interesting because it's a uh, when you, you whack it and it'll go it goes like seven hundred miles an hour for an inch and then suddenly it's just it's like I'm right. It has drag just built into yeah, it. yeah, which is great yeah. though because yeah. that makes it that game really both fun to play and accessible, right? Because you, no you get hit murdered. by that thing, it's like it's already it's already done moving by the time. The only bad thing that happens in badminton is you get hit by your. By your teammate because the lacquer the rackets are really long and the courts too long. <laughs> Something <laughs> hard is being swung around. I think that's true. the yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why I landed in swimming where mm-hmm. it's just you in the water. You're not even you're not even impacting the ground. Like nothing is hitting you when you're swimming. Yeah. I think we had one guy whacked his ankle on the wall when he did a flip turn once. <laughs> that's the worst though. But other than but Ooh. that was all on him. Like you're not supposed uh, to do it. He that was way. too. That's close. not part of the sport. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That was always terrifying because every time you do a flip turn, you, you're basically your the backs of your feet then are I coming swallowed. swinging down toward the top of the pool. Yeah, that's assuming you do a good flip turn, which I yeah. never did, so I was always safe. There you go. But it's like the other thing: mm-hmm. belly flops. We're not yeah. safe from belly flops in swimming. No, mm-hmm. you better not be belly well, flopping here. You're, you're safe from anything that you do is because of your own technique, right? Like. The difference is like if yeah, somebody, somebody can't hit, belly flop you. Yeah, the pool isn't going <laughs> to belly flop you, and the wall isn't going to hit your ankles. I don't know. Do you belly flop the pool, or does the pool belly flop you? Do you guys remember playing kill ball? Depends if you're Chuck Norris or not. I think. That's a good point. That, yeah. Do you remember kill ball? Did we talk yes. about yes. kill ball on the podcast? I have no I idea. I think so. It was basically water polo, kind of, but except you drowned each other. Yeah, in the deep end. It was basically water polo, polo with no rules. Yes, uh, where you get just get the ball across. Yeah, well, however that needs to happen. People are allowed to hold you under until you let go of the ball. That's the that was the rule. Or if you pinch them, as if to say, "I'm about to die." <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly surprised if, no one actually died. We because I used uh-huh. to my senior year. Then we ended up just playing after swim season was over. A team of like twelve or fifteen people. Just every week we would go, and I would get home. I would have huge bruises like yeah, on you're my. You getting kicked? You're getting, you're getting like. Getting like 
fighting each other. Somebody would like get the ball and they would like get up on the ledge, you know, to try to like dunk it onto the thing. And then somebody else would jump up and like wrap, grab, like dragging him into the headlock (laughs) and then like leap them off of the ledge back into the pool. It was a, it was a wild time. Yeah. And very exhausting. Um, Very tiring. Very fun though. Yeah. Some, for some reason I liked that. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. The ball was soft. The ball was (laughs) soft. Nobody was kicking you in the shins because you can't kick underwater. You can't kick underwater. If you stay under, you're good. Everything Uh, is soft underwater. That's true. All right. Next question comes from Tim Conceivable. In episode 234, Sam mentioned that people who get good at art are people who are constantly seeking critical feedback. Mm. I would love to get more criticism on my art, but I find it really hard to get that from anyone. Most people are afraid to hurt others' feelings by saying something negative. So my question is, do you know of any places to get good critical feedback on your art? You're going to need to go to the internet. Go well, well, to the internet. Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, now, so you well, you did say good critical feedback, yeah. not just yeah. no. I mean, in, terms of, in terms of people being honest with you, because on the internet, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, but yeah. you don't. I think it's it's honesty is not what you want. You want accuracy. You want someone you who want can both. You want someone who can. Well, I mean, the whole point is, if someone's telling you something that's accurate, where yeah. they're like, "Oh, the values are actually is good," so we change the background color, right? Mm-hmm. Which everyone lost their minds about, as predictably. <laughs> Uh, but importantly, actually, Tim mentioned he was like, actually, the, there's a values difference on one of the vac rats where it doesn't, it's a little bit flatter. Just everything's bright. Yeah. Basically, right. the, yeah. The, essentially, what's happening is that the, the variance in the tones as you go from light to dark is not as high as it used to be. And when you say Tim, you mean this very Tim. This very Tim. Who um, the question. And I was like, and so everybody else is saying all sorts of stuff about the color, which I, don't really care about, but then yeah, Tim well, says this, and I'm like, just, I don't like that it's yellow. Yeah, and I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. You can, or I want it to be blue, which again is not feedback about the thing. It's just you. It's it's you're talking about yourself now, yes. not about the thing. And so and so I was like, okay, well, that that point of feedback though came back, and I was like, accurate, because I looked at it and I was like, correct, this is accurate. Um, so finding people who can give you accurate feedback usually, and actually in my experience, only happened once I started uh, basically getting either a, a tutor or being in a class. Uh, environment, honestly, like those are the only two scenarios because the problem their is their whole job, and you're paying them. It's their whole job, um, and then on top of that, the basically the the incentive for giving really good feedback. You know, how, um, like if you've ever gotten a if you ever proofread a friend's essay or email or even text message or something, and every so often they'll be like they'll hand you one, and they're like, hey, I'm about I'm going to send this in. Can you just like give it a quick once over? And you'll look at it. And you're like, this needs to be burned. Yes. You're like, this is genuinely <laughs> terrible along every dimension. But but they just said they're about to turn it in. Also, you're not being paid to do this. And so you're like, well, I could spend like four fucking hours with mm-hmm. you figuring this out. Or I could not. And in this particular case, I'm going to opt to not. I'm so just going to point out a couple of comma spots and call it. Yeah. And so part of it is like it's, it's really hard. I think in an online context, um, because most communities also – you want to have a community that is that is very positive and supportive of people engaging in, in acts of creativity, right? Um, and it's actually very hard, I think, to to do that alongside uh, the critical feedback piece because too many people get confused about, again, giving critical feedback in a way that is both useful and accurate as opposed to based on, like, whatever you're currently feeling about a thing. Um, and so I think finding a finding an environment where you're either – you either get a tutor or you find a person to basically swap artwork with where you're like, hey, I know about, for example, you know, color and value and, and composition and stuff like that. Um, would you would you be down to do just like an artwork swap where we can both critique each other so that you end up getting – you're essentially paying the other person by also critiquing. And that process of critiquing makes you way better at your own art. 
is the important note there. So I think it's it's basically finding those contexts because there's lots of groups online where it's about making the thing. Um, but groups are not good for giving feedback. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. sort of the rule. Like you, you need a person who who's, has some expertise. Opinion, yeah, whose expertise you trust and whose opinion you yeah. trust. And who is accurate. And that's it. If, well, and who has some incentive to provide feedback in the first place. Yes. Yeah, because you, yeah, you have to understand that by – by requesting feedback, you're asking that person to to spend time reviewing the thing, and then also spend time constructing a. Mm-hmm. Essentially, essentially, the feedback oftentimes comes in the form of instructions, yeah. right? Yes. Like they're saying, like, here are the things that are wrong with this, right. and what you should be thinking about. Yeah, this. I'd I'd this, this is also all while taking on the risk that you won't respond to the feedback well. Yeah. So right. generally, it's, people are trained to just not participate in this yeah. because it's, it's only. It's, it's only a cost. It's only some, a cost for the person doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking yeah. and speaking to that, I mean, as 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 people who have given a lot of people feedback about stuff, mm-hmm. um, the, the number of times that people actually follow through and do the thing you suggest, even if it's simple, is low, very low. Yeah. And so, basically, as if you're dealing with a person who has a lot of expertise and is also doing other stuff, um. They're they're likely to have already been burnt enough by spending time on people not listening to them that they it's going to be a, it's a hard sell right yeah so that's that's where it literally becomes a sell in terms of becoming a tutoring mentorship sort of thing um, or or just a, an actual swap where you're like hey you know I think my work is on or on or about your level um, can we can I like swap pieces other. yeah because yeah. I mean that's a cool exchange. or you just be like I'll take you out to lunch let's go to coffee or whatever yeah I mean if I'll it's give not, you muffins. Right. And bagels. Right. If you take 30 minutes to look at this thing and we'll just talk about mm-hmm. it real quick. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's probably nice, not necessary for, for imagery, right? Because you can just, it's much, it's very easy to just like send images back and forth. Yeah. But, but it's more about, it's more about the exchange, right? It's like, it's like the, right. the offer and the appreciation of the fact that that person is, is only giving things up to do this for you yeah. and trying to even the odds a little bit by saying like, I'll give you some stuff. I'll buy a coffee for yeah. you. And I mean, to me, I think it's a lot of it is that bystander effect, basically, if you're looking yeah. at groups with this, which is like the, again, and even in our, our own uh, butterscotch community, because like the purpose of our art channels and our creative channels, they are mainly for people to share what they're doing. Yeah. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be all about getting people to generate more. That's it. Um, it's not necessarily about providing accurate and critical feedback that would make mm-hmm. them improve, um, mainly because it's so hard to, it's so hard to do effectively in a group context. That well, the, it, yeah, the, the whole group has to be designed for that purpose. Yeah. You can't you can't mix actually. You can't mix a thing that is for feedback with a thing that is for show and tell. Yeah. Those do not mix because yeah. it confuses what whatever he's trying to accomplish and that and that whole that, that huge burning question that is always going to be at the forefront of does this person actually want real feedback? Yes. Right? Uh becomes more problematic in the context of some things are just being shown and other things are provided for critique. And and if nobody knows each other well enough, or or if there's anybody who isn't known well enough, uh, that we, that people don't know how they'll respond, then it basically prevents the whole thing from yeah. from working. Yeah. So it's uh, hard to find, but you got to think about the other person on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. I so. think I think you can with some with some well constructed sort of questions and stuff like that. I think you can find out either a person or again a tutor or something like that who can be. A really good fit for what you're working yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, my wife does this with her writing group, which is she has a small writing group of people that are it's all like three people. Yeah, it's like two, mostly two people, but she has, she has a few writing groups that she participates in. But, but one in particular is just it's just a a few people who are all basically mm-hmm. roughly the same level, trying to accomplish the same things, and they basically chat like once a week or once every other week, where they'll like they'll just take 
they'll do a, like a severe critique of one person's work, like during hmm. that yeah. during an hour, right? So it's and, a nice like rotating trade off. Yeah, it's a rotating trade off. Yeah. Everybody's invested in it. It also encourages everybody to keep doing the work, and then everybody they're, they're like learning who each other are as it goes. They can be more and more honest as time goes on, and because they're all treating it professionally, then it it adds that level where they actually get to provide real feedback without being like, oh god, I have to make sure I don't upset this person that they really do want this feedback and like right. all these other sort of higher level social questions that come into play. Yeah. That's actually an interesting point is if, if you've got a, a strong asymmetry in uh, experience or intent mm-hmm. in, in your, like yes. if, if you put together a group like this, then it becomes incredibly difficult to maintain it because everybody's there for different reasons. Yeah. Right. So if one person is just there because they're uh, just getting started and they're a hobbyist and they're like, I don't know, I just want to learn how to draw, right? And then you got somebody else who's like, yeah, I want to open, I want to have like a gallery showing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm almost there. Then they're, like they're mm-hmm. not going to be able to help each other at all and yeah. the whole thing is going to fall yeah. apart. So you want to try to find people who are kind of close to you if you want to. Well, that's actually an interesting point too, right? Is, is people often look to like the experts to be like, oh, I need to get, that's who, that's who I need mentorship from, right? But the I think the value you get the most out of just like with a with like group learning and that sort of thing is people who are basically at your level. Yeah, you want excited peers. You want excited. Well, those peers. are the people That's who you can you. who you can work with most reliably because of the fact that there can be an exchange. Yeah, yeah. you you yeah. still want to go to experts to learn stuff, but that's not where like necessarily where all of your feedback should be coming from and all the mm-hmm. all the exchange should be coming from. That's a good thing to seed in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think the bulk of it should actually come from peers, not from. Yeah, I think uh, that's true. Yeah. So hopefully that hopefully that helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, our final question comes from Under Scrum Rompierbly. It's a long one. Under scrum. Under scrum. That sounds That doesn't gross. sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so, suppose all three of you had a day off from work and you were unable to hang out with each other and your significant others. Probably and or. Uh, what, what would each of you do with your day? I would. This is basically Sunday. For me. So, <laughs> so my wife is always off playing tennis and stuff on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like these guys are always doing stuff too. So I, you know. What do you do? Uh, I read. I, I watch movies. I play games. I, I like catch up on fixing up little bugs and level head and stuff. Um, sometimes I tinker around with game prototypes. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I got, I got like my list of fun stuff mm-hmm. that I like to do and that's it. You know? yeah, I mostly just lay on the couch with my cat. And then read or watch TV. Yeah. yeah, I would either read or um, go hang out with a friend or something. Bake something. Yeah, or bake something. Yeah, everything. Read, else read a recipe. Up. Bake that recipe. Mm-hmm. And then go bring it to a friend. Yep. Yeah, because everything else is doing that now on a whim. Because when it comes to like, because every once in a while I just be like, I need to make cookies right now. Yep. Right. So there's there's a whole bunch of things that on a whim I'll do, but in terms of just like what my like general thing is going to be, like my defaults are going to be. Hang on the couch. Hang on the couch. Get my cat on my mm-hmm. on my belly, right? <laughs> and then just where like, it belongs. And then just, and then just do something. You know, mm-hmm. play a game, watch a show, read a book. Yeah, I think reading is my default for yeah empty time. Yeah, it was for a while. I, I I feel like I get into these sort of like reading modes, and I'll read like four or five books like back to back, and then I'm just tired of reading for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's the way to do I, it. I think it's probably the case that I, that personally, I do have a this like this tendency to flip into a mode. It's like, maybe I'll start watching a show and then it's like, all I'm doing is I gotta, I gotta watch all of that. You gotta show. Finish it. Yeah. I gotta finish a show. And then once I'm done, I'm like, Oh, I'm so sick of watching things. Shows. <laughs> yeah. Anything. I'm not, I'm get off of YouTube, get off of Netflix. And I was like, right, I'm gonna play video games for the next month. And then I do that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sick of that. And then mm-hmm. it's, the whole cycle begins again. I do need to try to get back into actually playing games. 
like the problem is coming because I, I enjoy now just like hanging out on the couch now with my cat so much and my and then my wife usually also though sometimes she goes and does other stuff um that you can't like it's a that's not a good space to like play video games it's phenomenal you got your console you got switch right there right? yeah but i have to turn my head to the right you know to like play oh if you're laying well, well, you, you, you need, lay a, down you need a cat uh what do you call it one of those like a papoose yeah, <laughs> I don't think, she would, those, I don't think she would play with that. Baby a sling thing, yeah. like where you put a baby mm-hmm. in. That's true, or whatever. Actually, or you need an ottoman so you can just put your legs forward yeah, instead of the thing sideways. Clearly, this is just a structural problem. It is a structural problem. Yeah. Well, I had the I had the thought too. Where I was like, I I want to play more games, but also one thing that I know about myself is that in the absence of which is probably true for most people, in the absence of structure. Mostly nothing happens. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so if I if I come home if I come home from work or whatever and I'm like oh I got the whole evening open wide open and by the time I go to bed I'm like what the fuck even happened did I <laughs> did I do anything uh-huh. that I wanted to do uh, no I probably just like poked around maybe like picked like caught up on some old Saturday Night Live videos or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck and didn't do anything that I really wanted to do so. So for my getting back into video games, I started raiding again in WoW. So it's like a Tuesday, Thursday night mm-hmm. thing. Now it's scheduled. And now it's structured. And like I also have a goal and I have a reason and there's like people there also doing the same right. thing. So uh, so so I've actually been enjoying it a thousand times more than I was in the past um, just because there's a, there's structure, a structure yeah. around it, yeah. right? So I know what's going to happen Tuesday, Thursday. I go do it. I just pop in. Somebody else is organizing the raids, of course. So yep, I don't have to perfect. do it. I just show up and it's already happening. Yeah. Um, and it's great. So yeah, I started playing level head more on my phone. Oh. I, need, I need to play level head more anyway. Yeah. And now it is like, it's a game on mobile that I like, right? Which is a hard intersection weird, weird. To, to, to find. <laughs> I think there are only two of those. There's a both ours. Yeah. There's crash land. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's being able to have that really accessible, you know, mm-hmm. gaming platform is, is nice. Although it would be better if I could play it on our switch just as a mobile platform, mm-hmm. like take it off of the TV and, you know, actually do it. Although we have to send all of our switch controllers in to have them repaired. Cause that whole fucking, Oh, the drifting the joy con thing. Oh, you got hit by that. We like literally every single one of our joy cons drifts. So all four of them are oh, the four halves, whatever. Yeah. What's a, what's I think a one, one of them is a Joy-Con. Little, I okay. guess one of them is in one half. One half of it. You know what I mean. It's a Joy-Con. Yeah, it's right? a Joy-Con. Okay. And then and when the you're together. An entity with one stick is a Joy-Con. Okay, right. Yeah. It's so weird all four be, of them are messed It's weird up. because I know that Nintendo has a lot of like very rigorous documentation on this specific terminology, but I, I still get confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't uh, – because I, I always call it a du- I call it dual Joy-Con is when yes. you have the two paired together, but I don't think that's the real way you're supposed to say it. I think that is how they say, it, isn't it? I don't know. There's, it's very official. Yeah, and then there's like there's, there's a Switch Pro controller which has its own thing. You yeah. get the Joy-Con, but I but I refer to that there's as like, also official translations for all these things, and you won't pass cert if you have oh, if, yes. that's if true. your translators. You got to use, use the right words. Yeah, so that's what we, we learned, that. and then had to had to go find that documentation and send it to our translators and be like. Go, please go figure out how to fix this because we are like, this is not a joystick. Yeah, this is not it's a, a control stick. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's one of them. They actually explicitly tell you, don't call it a joystick. You can't. Yeah, it's like, it's like a banned allowed. word. Not allowed. Yeah. Which is weird because, of course, it is a Joy-Con. So that would be a joystick. You know, <laughs> think. You know the stick come out of the Joy-Con? It's not a joystick. Okay. No fun. Just cut that No cut fun that here. Anyway, all right, well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Costa, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. 
to get more involved in the butterscotch community, just go to bscotch.net. We got links to all kinds of stuff, community discord, questions, a way for you to, you know, just like dunk money on us, mm-hmm. which we also thoroughly Mega brain. You should also go like upvote the podcast. I don't know. Put stars on it. Just whatever, you know, whatever things happen. Yeah. Go to one of those places where podcasts be. Yeah. And, and do. do good things to ours. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.